You know, uh, hopefully that's you anyway. <laughs> um, you know, it's a call to praise the Lord, to worship God. You know, it's, it's that, uh, that nature. And we talked a little bit about that last week, about being a people who are worshiping people. That would just be full, you know. And so when we can join together as the people of God, when you're on your own as a follower of Jesus, just remember, when you've got breath, be a worshiper. Sing a song, praise him, lift up your voice, you know, do something to break out of the uh, challenges of life and sing the praise of God who you love and uh, it'll reshape and reform your day. Anyway, I'm not preaching about that this morning. Um, uh, It's just a little, you know, sideline. We are in Luke chapter 9, if you wouldn't mind. Luke chapter 9, I'm going to read from verse 18. And uh, it says this. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, God's Messiah. And Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone. And he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Amen. Wow, what a verse. I want to talk about a little series. I think there'll be an image coming up. Just that I'm going to preach for the next few weeks called Follow Me. Follow Me. I, I, I've just been kind of meditating on this for the last few months. Really, um, I, because I was sitting with a group of leaders and uh, just, uh, we were talking together, sharing together, and I just really felt the Lord say to me, you know, because when you're leaders, the trouble is you get obsessed with leading. You know, everything you think about is in the filter of being a leader, of, you know, planning, of developing, of saying, okay, what's God saying, all of that kind of stuff. And I just really felt God say to me, the first thing that you four are is not leaders, but followers. You know, it's just a moment, in, I just thought, you know what, that is so true. Sometimes we need to reframe our lives, not as Christians, but as followers. Jesus calls us to be followers of him. And you know, you see, you can be a Christian and that kind of, you know, we talk about it. People call themselves Christians all the time. But there are people who who say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. But actually the issue isn't, are, are they a Christian? Are they someone who believes that Jesus existed and maybe was the son of God? The issue is, are they following Because if you're a believer but not a follower, then you're not really living as Jesus wants you to live. Everybody say, wow, what revelation that is. It's the truth. You see, if we're not following, then actually we're just passive believers. But actually God's looking for us to be followers of him. Jesus didn't even say to people, just believe in me. He said, actually, believe and follow. And so I want to talk to us today about, as we enter into a new year, as we think about framing our lives, are we going to be followers of Jesus? Because there are implications to being a follower. You see, people can believe in Jesus and say, well, yeah, I believe Jesus was a good man. I believe maybe he even was a miracle worker. Maybe he even was a son of God. You can believe in him, but that doesn't mean you follow him. And we're called to be followers. 
It's not enough just to believe. Actually, now I know salvation, because I know someone's got to talk to me about it afterwards and say, your theology is up the spout. I understand that salvation is by faith in Christ. I understand that. But salvation brings transformation. And therefore, that salvation leads us into how are we going to live out what we believe in our lives and in our situations. And the Bible reveals this principle of following God. It's, it's, it's there the whole way through. It's there in the Old Testament. Abraham was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance. Abed and went, even though he did not know he was going. How could he go where he did not know he was going? Because he was following. We all do that sometimes, don't we? I don't know the way. Can you lead me and I'll follow? You ever been in a car driving and somebody, you're following somebody and decide you know a better way? Come on, men, we all do that, don't we? Do you know what I mean? So we turn off because we think we can get there quicker. You know, it's our nature, you know, because we don't like following. It's a challenge to us. But, but we, we understand that to get somewhere we don't know where we're going, we have to follow. We see it in the scripture with uh, the people of faith who had to follow Jesus. The people of Israel had to follow through the wilderness. They didn't know where they were going. They knew that there was a promise out there, but they were following. They were following literally a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. Wow, can you imagine that? Where are we going today? Wherever the cloud goes. That'd be interesting in England, that would be, wouldn't it? Over this way, over this way. Where are we going tonight? Where the fire goes. Because God's leading us, his people, and we are called to follow him. We see it with the early church as they're led by the Spirit. Living as a Christian is not simply about believing. It's about that belief changing how we live and what we do. That is what faith and action is all about. Remember the book of James talks about it. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Wow. In other words, if your faith doesn't cause you to follow, then it's not living faith. That's amazing, isn't it? If your faith doesn't transform how you live and what you think about and how you live your life, then actually it's not a transforming thing. And so God wants us to have people, to be people who are following him, who get up in the morning and think about the, what they have to do in the week and say, I approach this not just as David Ailing, but as David Ailing, the follower of Jesus Christ. See, if you don't identify yourself firstly as a follower then you start to identify yourself as more in charge of your life than you should be. Because it's then about what you want God. See, I think many of us imagine that God's following us around. See, the goodness of God that runs after us is a consequence of us following him. The psalmist says it, doesn't it? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because I'm walking with you. I'm following you. So therefore, I can be confident that the goodness of God is running after my life because I'm following Jesus. And even though I'm in hell right now and I'm walking through death and destruction, I don't fear evil. Why? Because I'm not afraid of death. I can be sometimes, but I'm more, I'm more at peace because I'm following Jesus. And therefore, because I'm a follower, I know that if I have to walk through this valley, whatever happens, goodness is following me. Come on, that's what faith's about. So I want you to see yourselves. Really, I do. I want you, I, I, you know, why am I preaching this at the beginning of the year? Because I want you to frame your life differently in 2020. I want you to frame your life as a follower. I want you to start to think, actually, you know what? I'm not just a believer in Jesus. I'm following him. Because if that will frame your life, then you'll have a different experience this year. 
It was the call of Jesus again and again to his disciples. Leave your nets and follow me. Get up from your table and follow me. He went to a certain man, then he said, come and follow me. He said, first let me bury, first let me bury my family. No, let the dead bury the dead. Words of comfort, aren't they? See, sometimes we, we misunderstand the seriousness of Jesus when he calls us to be followers. He says, you know, let me uh, go and uh, sacrifice. He says, no, put your hand, walk away from the plow and come and follow me. See, sometimes Jesus is more astute and more um, uh, urgent in calling us to be followers than anything else. And there will be decisions in your life that you have to make this year that you can either make as someone who wants to involve Jesus in your life or as someone who's willing to follow him wherever he takes you. And if you look at your life as a position that says, well, I didn't imagine myself to be here, but now I'm still here, I'm still following, you will come through it differently. There are many people in our church who've been, just during my lifetime here of 20 18 years, have had to follow Jesus through places they never thought they would go. And the issue wasn't whether they went through them or not. The issue is, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to walk with him. And so I want to talk over the next three or four weeks just a little bit about what it means to be a follower because I think it's important to our lives and to our situation. And uh, I, I, um, I just am uh, going to put out a few things for you today about that. Let me unpack it for you a little bit. Following, firstly, is a faith response. It's a faith response to God. He says there, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple, here we understand God isn't assuming that everybody who believes is a follower. He's not. He's saying, whoever wants to be my disciple this is what I'm going to say to you. You need to live by faith. You need to respond to what I'm telling you. You need to step out of where you are and learn to walk after me. It's, it, it's a path that calls people to choose. Following Jesus is a choice, and we have to then say it's a faith response. We follow Jesus through high and low because we believe in who he is and what he's done for us. And it's when we have that uh, uh, position, that outlook on life that we understand what it's about. Jesus is saying, I need you to have a different response to everybody else if you're going to follow me. And that's true today, isn't it? Friends, I, I just want to prepare you. There will be times this year when the only thing that will keep you going in your walk with God is faith in who he is. We've got to understand that. You know, there's, there's, a, there's an, an attitude in our world and in our Christian world that almost suggests that when we start to follow, when we start to live for God, God will just sort all our problems out. If that's the case, I, I want to take it up with God because all my problems haven't gone away. I'm still having to walk through them. I'm still having to trust God in them. I'm still having to fight for them. I'm still having to believe. See, because faith is being sure of what I do not see isn't always seeing it, it's being sure of it. It's saying, God, I trust you, I'm walking after you. And so faith is a response to God. Following is something that says, you know what, Lord, I trust you, I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to walk with you in my life. It's not about where I am, it's not about what's happened, it's about how I'm choosing to follow you. You see, faith, following is a faith instance. You know, when you turn on Google Maps, it's a faith thing, isn't it? We've all turned on the sat-nav and thought, this isn't right. If you ever turn on Google Maps and been led off the main road, down some back alley, you're driving through a kind of field thinking, where on earth am I going? But you got there because you surrendered following. And guess what? 
it brings you out at the right place. You're thinking, how did I get here? Because you've surrendered. See, following is about surrender. See, it's easy sometimes to surrender to the big things, isn't it? It's easy to surrender to the Lordship of Christ and say, well, we believe in you, God. It's, it's all that. But, but following chooses to surrender the decisions of our lives, how we bring up our families. I'll follow you. H- how we pursue our careers, our businesses, how we run them. I'll follow you. How, how we invest our finances. I'll follow you. How we treat people who we don't like. I'll follow you. How we deal with people who don't like us, I'll follow you. See, those moments are when we become a disciple of Jesus. Those moments are when we become like him, when we work it through. By faith, talked about um, uh, Israel, by faith uh, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Listen, following meant leaving. Following meant persevering. Following meant doing what God said in a world that had rejected God. Following led them through the Red Sea. Following brought them to conflict. Hallelujah. See, if we're going to understand what it means to follow him, we have to then be willing to say, God, I'm willing to respond with faith to what you speak to me. I'm willing to say, God, if you're saying this, Lord, if I believe you're saying this, then I'm going to step in to what you've called me to do. It's a challenge to us. See, and I I think the the important thing about following is that it actually puts action into what we believe. It's what makes Christianity fun. Everybody say, it's not much fun from where I'm sitting. It's what makes the walk exciting. It's what adds that dimension of, okay, God, in my day, what could you possibly want me to do? It brings it into a surrendered life and in a situation. And I know that those are dramatic examples that we've just read from the book of Hebrews. But actually, let's bring it down into ordinary life. See, imagine how much more interesting it gets when I'm following Jesus in my day-to-day relationships. And you see someone who's down and God says, go and see how they are. And out of that, you start to live out of a following heart of God because you start to think, how would Jesus behave in this situation? I'm going to surrender my life to him. This isn't about what I get out of this. This is about how I look like him in this. Because I'm a follower first. Almost had badges made. In fact, if I thought of it early enough, I'd have made them. I might do by the end of the month. Follower first. Because, you know, so often we want Jesus to follow us. But we are firstly followers. People who are called to follow him. People who are called to walk with him. Was it Bonhoeffer, the famous theologian, said, when Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. It's not a great hymn, is it? 
but there's a word of life in it. If you're going to follow him, then actually you have to break out of the, the, the self-centeredness of life and admit, well, actually, I'm living by faith in who Jesus is and what he calls me to do. Following is a faith response. Secondly, following is a challenge to our own priorities. He says there, if anyone would come after me, whoever wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves. Everybody say amen, it gets better. <laughs> must deny themselves. So I'll just keep repeating that word for a while. Must deny themselves. In other words, what he's saying is if we're going to follow Jesus, there will come a choice in our lives between what we would like and what he would like. And that somewhere along the line, we're going to have to bow to what we want to do what he calls us to do. Now, I'm not saying we all have to like, you know, give up our homes and all of that and walk away, although for some people that might be the call. But for most of us, the call is much more straightforward. It's much more, will you surrender your ambition today or your sense of self-importance or your sense of agreement? Will you lay that down so that you can pick up my sense of forgiveness and my sense of hope and my sense of healing? Will you, will you learn to walk that road? It's about denying ourselves. Followers need to deny themselves. To say, well, actually, I don't know best here. I'm willing to learn from someone else. I I don't think my way is going to work out the best way here. Am I willing to learn from Jesus? I'm not sure that my response to this situation is the most Christ-like. So I'm going to have to learn what he would say. You know, sometimes Christians can be the most judgmental rude people no one here of course the church over the road terrible people over there aren't they but it's it's true isn't it sometimes we can be so judgmental in how we treat other people Jesus treated people with grace and love and compassion he didn't he didn't judge them Woman brought before him guilty, caught in adultery, about to be stoned, righteously stoned by the law because that's what they said. And he said to them, where are your accusers? I don't condemn you. Go live your life of sin. Wouldn't it be great if the church was known for being like Jesus? For denying our own self-centeredness, for denying our own judgmental attitudes, for denying our own, I need to be important more than anybody else. Wouldn't it be great if we were known for that? See, that's what a follower is like. A follower is someone who says, you know what? It's really not about whether I look great here. It's really not about whether I come out of this looking good. It's about whether Jesus is exalted in my life. It's about whether I remind people of him. It's about whether I act like him. Will I follow him in how I treat people that I don't get on with? Will I follow him in how I honor him with my life and with my resources? Will I follow him and my attitudes towards the things that are important in life, my relationships, my behavior, my stand? Will I follow him? Will I follow him in how I forgive those who have hurt me? Jesus was talking to his disciples one day and he was talking about forgiveness, the issue of forgiveness. And he says to them, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. And everyone's going, okay then. And then he says this, even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. You know what the disciples said? Increase our faith. They were going, you can't be serious, Lord. Saying no, because actually to follow me is not just to say, well, I believe in Jesus. To follow him is to say, well, actually, I'm willing to eat humble pie if I have to. 
I'm willing to be wrong. I don't know about you, friends, but I struggle with that. Anybody else? I mean, I listen to the seven times. I think, well, I could probably do it twice. But in my opinion, that's one ahead of most of you. Do you know what I mean? I could probably do it three times on a good day. Number four, I'd be going, well, I'm forgiving you now because Jesus tells me to. See, we soon run out of grace, don't we? See, see, if we're going to call ourselves followers, then actually following Jesus means that when somebody else winds you up, you pay the price of forgiving them before they even know there's a problem. Because that's what Jesus would do. Anybody glad they came this morning? <laughs> Honestly, I, I believe God wants to revolutionize our walking with him because actually we're followers. It's not about, I'm just bringing you into my life, Lord Jesus. It's as I go in my life, I'm following him. I'm not just looking for him to lead me today. I'm looking to be like him as I walk through today. See, sometimes we're so busy looking for the big word from the Spirit that gives us revelation. Actually, we're ignoring the revelation we've already had about how we walk through life. It's very hard to follow Jesus when you're living lustfully can we use lust in church very hard isn't it I've learned to pray this prayer in the last few years from Psalm 51 create in me a clean heart because I've realized my heart's not very clean how about yours don't worry, it's not going to turn into confession from Pastor Dave. I'll save that for the 20-year anniversary. <laughs> I've had to learn to pray it because, you know, it's interesting to me and I haven't got time to get into it. I might preach it one day. There are some things that can be renewed. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. There's some things that can be renewed, but some things God has to recreate. And so sometimes you need to say to God, God, I can't renew this. Would you recreate something clean? Because my life's been soiled by this. God, I confess it before you. Would you recreate purity in my life again? That's a word for somebody here today. Create in me a clean heart. So sometimes I have to pray that because I want to be like Jesus. I want to follow like him. I want to treat people like him. See, it's not just about sexual purity. It's about purity towards people, isn't it? Because sometimes we bring so much baggage in our attitudes. They've been damaged. We've been disappointed. And so we bring all that into our relationships. And when something happens, we start to go, oh, you know. No, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Because I want to follow you. I need to keep going. That's a sermon for another day. It's quality though. Following is a challenge to our own priorities in life that's why it's so important we need to be like him I think it's one John says whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did wow see it's 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 not just about hey I'm a believer no the devil believes friends I'm a follower the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm following him. I'm seeking to do what he calls me to do, to be what he calls me to be. It's a personal price that we have to pay to deny ourselves. 
We can't compare ourselves with others. You know, there's a terrible culture of comparison in our world, and it's even in the church. We compare ourselves with other people. We compare ourselves with, you know, other churches, with other preachers. Oh, everybody, you know, you know, because we feel better. If we can, go, if we can you know, we never compare ourselves with people who are better than us. We always look for people who, who we feel we're better than. You ever noticed? I love it when someone fat than me gets on the bus. Not that I get on the bus very often, to be honest. On the plane. I get on the plane a lot, you know. I like it when someone has to ask for a seat extension on the plane, you know, a belt. Because I can just about squeeze my stomach into a belt. That's the way it is. I can compare myself with them. It's that comparison in the world. See, but followers, see, you can't compare yourself with anybody else because it's not about them. It's about you. See, the question isn't whether they're following Jesus. What have you got to do with that? It's about whether you're following Jesus. The question isn't whether they've stopped doing that terrible thing. The question is whether you've stopped doing it. Remember the story of Peter when Jesus says to him this amazing prophetic word. When you're older, someone's going to take you where you don't want to go and they're going to kill you the way you don't want to happen. Anybody queuing up for that prophetic word at the end? I've got it for anybody who wants it. And Peter looks around and he sees John and he says, what about him? What's going to happen to him? Hoping to get some really gory details. And Jesus says to him, what's it got to do with you? If he lives forever, what's, what's the problem? You're still following me, aren't you, Peter? And Peter goes, I guess so. Because <laughs> that's how he feels. Because it's not about what John has to deny himself. See, everybody has to deny themselves to follow Jesus. And it's a personal thing. They don't all have to do it like you do. Not everybody has to give up. We've got friends who are abroad, living as missionaries. Not everybody has to do that. But when Jesus calls someone to do that, that's their call. So we pray for them and release them. But you know what? The call of someone to be a teacher is just as strong. It's what God's called them to do. They're following him. They're giving themselves to that. We have to challenge our own priorities sometimes to do what he calls us to do. Number three, following is a daily decision. I put this version in because there's two versions, but this one says they have to take up their cross daily. See, following is not something that we just decide to do once. It's something that we have to decide to do all the time. You know, it isn't just one decision. Well, I decided to follow Jesus 34 years ago, and I've never thought about it since. No, it's, it's a daily thing. Here I am 34 years later, still trying to do it. Still trying to live for him. And sometimes, you know what? And I love the fact that it's a daily decision. I love the fact that it's about walking through life. I love the fact that it's, it's, it's this journey of faith. You know, because sometimes I get up and I kind of like run in. Yeah, come on, God, let's go. Woohoo! Sometimes I get up and I'm like... <laughs> Anybody know what that's like? I believe Jesus, but help me. Some days I just refuse to move. I'm full of faith, pointed in the right direction, but I'm not moving today, Lord. (laughs) Just can't do it. You know, that's okay. I mean, it's not great if you stay there for five years. But sometimes it's okay. Because the Bible knows, the Bible says he knows that we are dust. He understands that we're weak. He understands that. What we need to do is listen to the urging on from heaven. Come on, son, walk with me. See, I love that. You see it again and again in the scripture. God comes and he walks with this people. He walks with people. Even after the resurrection, when these two guys are walking from the road from Emmaus, uh, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they're downhearted and discouraged and everything is wrong, and it says Jesus came and walked with them. 
and they didn't even know it was Jesus. I want you to know, friends, sometimes God has sent angels to walk with you. You've no idea. Sometimes people, God has used the people who you think are stupid to walk with you and bring you life. I mean, if you know God can use a donkey, you've got a chance. And he'll come and he'll bring someone along to walk with you. Why? Because he walks with us. And all of a sudden, we have to walk daily with God. We have to walk with him. And, you know, I love the fact that it's a daily thing because that tells me it's not just about one-off experiences. It's about daily process. It's about trusting God day by day. It's about looking for the long haul. See, we've got to live as Christians for the long haul. I am following Jesus. One of my favorite book titles ever, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Didn't read the book, but I love the title. I did read the book. I love the title, A Long Obedience. I am following Jesus. Friends, you see, when I'm following him, it doesn't matter whether I'm following him through success or through difficulty. The issue is I'm still following so my definition of myself as a, as a Christian is not about, hey, I'm, everything's going well today. You see, we, we look around and we see people who are in blessing and we think, wow, isn't that amazing? But you don't know the fight they've been through to be where they are now. You don't, you don't know the, the difficult. You don't know the pain they've been through. You don't know the sacrifice they've made. All you see is, wow, I want to be like that. And I say to you, really? Do you really want to walk the path they've walked? Because let me tell you about their path. Their path has led them through some places where they could never want to be. See, we, that's why we've got to stop worrying about other people and say, no, today I'm going to follow Jesus. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I feel afraid, even though I'm overcome, even though things are dark around me, I'm going to walk with him. I love Psalm 84, verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I love it, Pilgrimage. You know what I love about that? I don't know about you. I can't do all the fancy stuff. I, I'm not super intelligent. I'm not super spiritual. I'm not, you know, full of, you know, I don't wake up in the morning quoting scripture. I wake up in the morning and go, Ugh. But what I do know is that I can wake up in the morning and say, I'm following Jesus today. My heart is set on following him. And I don't know whether we're going far today. I don't know whether we're going a little bit today, but I'm going to follow him. I can do that. See, following Jesus gives us all a chance. It's not about our gifting. It's not about how great we are. It's not about the anointing that we have. Sometimes Christians talk funny language. Oh, feel the power. And the answer for most of us is no. If we're absolutely honest. It's not about how much power we have because we have the Holy Spirit. It's about how I'm following Jesus in my life today. Amen, Dave. Great point. See, the Bible says we live by faith, not by sight. What does that tell you? It means that some days you're going to walk on the path just because of the power of what you believe. Not because of what you're seeing or experiencing. You're just going to follow because we're followers of Jesus. And then finally, following is personal. He says, follow me. Listen, I believe in the church. I believe in the, the role of pastors and teachers and whatever else is on the list. I believe in the fellowship of God's people. I believe in all of that. But listen, the first person you're called to follow is Jesus. You're not called to follow me. God help us if we're following me. All I can say is, I follow Jesus, let's follow him too.
And you've got to make sure that in your life, your walk with God is personal. It's, it's live through who you are. It's the work of the Spirit in you. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now, this is a bit complicated, isn't it? Because as soon as we get on to being led by the Spirit, all kinds of things start to happen. Some of us get kind of like, well, the Spirit told me. And we become weird. Come on, we all know a few weird Christians, don't we? Again, no one here, church over the road, down the street, full of them. But we all know weird Christians, people who get carried away. Oh, yeah, Spirit told me to jump off a building. Bless you. Spirit told me to do all kinds of things that aren't biblical. No, I, I, we have to be sensible, friends. But, but at the same time, the Spirit of God comes and he begins to lead us in life. And you start to hear his voice. See, most of what the Spirit will say to you will not be massive revelation. Most of it will be spiritual direction for your life. See, we're all waiting for the big revelation from God, you know. David, you're going to be an international star that's going to fly around the world in a jet. I'm still waiting for that one. If anybody wants to bring it, I'm bringing it on. Mostly I get, Dave, will you stop driving so fast? Because you've been nicked five times in the last five years. That's not true. I made that up just to embellish the story. But the Spirit of God convicts you. See, that's one of the purposes of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God brings revelation. He brings guidance. See, that's what the Holy Jesus said, I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit who's going to guide you into truth. That's his job, to guide you into truth. It's not just to say to you, hey, you know, I mean, people come and give me prophecies about all kinds of things, and I just, well, thank you very much. Look, it might come true, it might not. That's not the problem. The Bible said test it. But most of the work of the Spirit is not to bring the great prophetic revelation. Most of the work of the Spirit is to say to you, you know what? you've been a bad husband this week do better how many are waiting for that word all the wives are praying come on come on Lord give him that one you've been you've been hostile this week stop it that's not the spirit of God isn't it amazing that the fruit of the spirit is not power and status and riches and wealth and ability and opportunity the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness gentleness self-control why because God wants to use his spirit to teach you to be like him and therefore we need to allow the spirit of God to lead us into being like Jesus so it's a personal thing see because the Spirit of God wants to deal with you personally. Otherwise, what you become is you become just listening to a, a preacher. Oh, I need to listen to a preacher. And so you start to listen to preachers. And then you can turn on the internet and you can listen to preachers from all over the world. And you can get, oh, wow, isn't that amazing? Look at him. He's amazing. He shouts a lot. He laughs a lot. She cries a lot. She does that. He prophesies a lot. Isn't it amazing? All these amazing preachers. And the only person's voice who you're not hearing is the Lord's. Now we're all bringing you revelation. Don't say any more about that. But the Lord loves to speak to his people. He says, follow me personally. You don't have to follow him through the filter of what Dave Ayling says. Listen, I, my job is to help you recognize his voice. 
My job is to help you understand how you can grow in God. That's what we do. We equip you for works of service and to know him, to grow in him. My job is to say, wouldn't it be great if the middle of this week, in the middle of your workplace, when all hell is breaking loose, the Holy Spirit said to you, why don't you just pray for this person right now? And instead of you going, let me tell you what I think, you say, Lord, would you just help me? Because that's what the Holy Spirit would do. Because that's what it means to be spirit-led. Am I making sense to anybody today? See, following him is a personal walk with God. That's why the prophet Isaiah said, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Because he, he was saying to the people of God, listen, up till now, it's been through the re- revealed word of God. It's been through the commandments. It's been through kings. It's been through prophets. But there is coming a time that God wants to engineer that his people would be able to follow him personally. They could hear his voice. They could know what he has to say. They could know his prompting, his guidance, his peace into their lives and circumstances. Jesus says this, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into truth. He will speak not on his own. He will speak what he hears and will tell you what is yet to come. Isn't that amazing? Because the revelation of the spirit is coming into our lives. Ben, do you want to come back? I want you to consider today, how are you following? How are you following Jesus? I want you to reframe your year ahead of you. What's gone is gone. Listen, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just trying to tell you what the Lord's been speaking to me about. This is how we preach, isn't it? God speaks to me. I share it with the church. I'm going to speak over the next few weeks about where following leads us. But I just want you to frame your life today. I just want you to pause for a moment and just think, okay, Lord, where is it you're taking me? Lord, how am I following? Am I, am I following personally? Am I coming close to you? Do I, have a, do I have a faith step that I need to take in this coming year that I'm just going to respond to you in faith? I'm not just going to uh, assent to, to the fact that you're my God, but actually I'm going to look to step out in a different way in the middle of my world, in the middle of what's going on. Will I learn to take second place to the leading of Jesus? Will I learn to say, yeah, even though that, that, that's going to cost me something, even after denying myself, Lord, I'm going to do it, even though it, it challenges me? Will, it, will I take endurance? Will I, will I take the long view of this? I'll carry my cross daily to follow him. Will I allow you to speak to me so that you might bring me where you want me to go? Follow me. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow. I wonder, would you stand with me? Time's gone. We're going to sing a worship song in just a moment. Thank you for listening so patiently today. I love to be together with the people of God. I really appreciate your warmth and responsiveness as we share the word today. But I just want you to pause just for a moment before we get into busy lives, into a new year. I want you just to think about following him. I want you to put it at the front and center of your mind and of your spirit just now. I'm a follower. I'm a follower first. I'm going to walk with him. 
when I have to choose, I'm going to choose his way, not my way. I'm going to listen for his voice because I believe he wants to lead me personally. Who knows where the Lord will lead us? It's great to have vision as a church. It's great to work here for the kingdom of God. But we are all followers of Jesus. So let's be open to his leading. Let's be ready for his prompting. Let's be willing even to pay the price sometimes at our own conscience sake, at our own personality, our own to say, you know what, Lord, I'll overcome that because you've asked me to be this. Father, I just thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for, Lord, the simplicity of your word. I thank you, Lord, that uh, as we gather this morning, Lord, the 5th of January, 2020, Lord, a new decade ahead. Lord, in one sense, it's the same as every day we get up, Lord. We're just followers, Lord. Lord, we're following you. I pray that, Lord, this year you'd help us, Lord, to, Lord, walk with you. Lord, through the good and the bad, Lord, to listen to your voice, to know your leading. Pray, Lord, when it's costly, Lord, we'd pay the price to be followers, Lord. Lord, when we're not comfortable with it, Lord, when it's, Lord, we want it to go, we'd still say, well, actually, I'm following him. So I'll do what he tells. Lord, when it seems unpopular, Lord, we would still say, I'm living for Jesus. Lord, help us, Lord. You know us, Lord. Lord, we're weak. Lord, just like the disciples, we say, really, forgive seven times? Lord, how, how can you ask us to do that? Yet, Lord, you do. So I pray you give us the grace to be like you. Lord, give us the strength to follow you, Lord. Lord, that we might know you personally, Lord. We might hear your voice. That we might enter into all that you have for us. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray your blessing upon them today. Lord, I pray that you would deepen our walk with you, Lord, this year as we follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Great. We're going to sing a lovely song to finish with, and then we're going to go and have tea and coffee across the road. Thanks.